Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. The month of August is here, which means football, football, football. We are so close, you can almost taste it. That's right. End of the month, TCU in Colorado. Get ready to get things started. And uh, we are going to get things started here by reminding you can, you can win a free Harlan College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You guys have done a really good job of, of rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts, subscribing, rating, and reviewing across all platforms. But you get a free koozie if you do it on iTunes. Send it to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. That's Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Com. Well, we talked about it last week. We said we were going to do positional breakdowns week by week. Running backs are up to bat this week. We're going to talk about the key returners, who is missing, what we can expect, all of that, plus another signee comes to TCU, why it matters that it is another hog on the line, and then, of course, uh, a couple of Maxwell Award watch list guys. Of course, we're talking about Chandler Morris. Who else? So we're going to get into all of that and a little bit more on this podcast. I'm excited to talk this week because uh, we have breaking news, exciting news. Harlan College Sports is doing a really good job covering it. Colorado going to be joining the Big 12, it looks like. Writing seems to be on the wall, at least, that uh, the Buffs are going to be joining the Big 12 again. Deion Sanders, does any head coach in college football have more power than primetime? It's a good question because I don't know if Sonny Dykes said, guess what, we want to join the SEC now. I don't know if TCU would be uh, taking any of those phone calls. I don't know what would happen if Sonny Dykes said, guess what, we're joining the SEC. I don't know if that would happen. Uh, Deion Sanders, it sounds like, from all reports, showed up at Colorado, said, I'm going to turn this entire program around. little proof, whatever. Anyway, what he did at Jacksonville State's great. I think Power 5 football is a completely different beast. He shows up and says, guess what? We're joining the Big 12 and the athletic administration trying to become relevant once again as they were in the late 90s, early 2000s, said, guess what? We're on board as well. So it looks like Colorado is going to be coming back into the Big 12. So now you look around the conference, a conference losing Oklahoma and Texas, and you think to yourself, with Colorado joining, what does this do to TCU supremacy? I've been on this podcast telling you months now, ever since Texas and Oklahoma officially said they were sayonara, goodbye, going to the SEC, I've been telling you that TCU has a chance here in a power vacuum to not only be the most profitable, the most expensive college in the conference, the leader in academics in the conference, but also the powerhouse for athletics in the conference. Colorado joining the conference does not change that. Does not change it one bit, in my opinion. I think Colorado is going to be a nice addition, solid addition for TCU fans. It's great that you get to go to Boulder every other year. I'll enjoy that. But let's be honest here. I'm not exactly sold on primetime. I'm not entirely sold on Coach Sanders. I think what he did at Jacksonville State was very admirable. But at the same time, I'm going to take the good with the bad. And I'm going to tell you, he didn't want to be an assistant coach. He didn't want to be on the sideline. He didn't want to be a guy who was in the wings waiting for a head coach to either leave or be an assistant coach, work his way up to a DC or an OC or whatever he wanted to do, and then become a head coach. No, he said, give me my program. Give me the keys to the castle. I want to drive the boat. Jacksonville State let him do that. To, you know, I think partial success. I think he had, you think you can call Jacksonville State a successful program when Dion left it, but Colorado is a completely different animal. 
We're going to see what they look like this season. TCU, of course, starts the season with Colorado. I think that'll be a really good test for both Colorado and for TCU because if Colorado comes out the gate early and punches TCU in the mouth and plays great defense, which on paper they might have a better defense and offense as of right now, if they can come out and really shake things up and beat TCU and then TCU has to come off limping off the blocks and if that is a sign for what the rest of the season looks like, that could be one thing. On the other side of the coin, which I think is the more realistic side, is that TCU absolutely demolishes Colorado, mollywops them, and we're talking about a Colorado team at the end of the season that had two wins and is Coach Sanders an actual college football coach or is he a college football carnival barker? We'll, we'll let the record decide. All right, let's get into it. We'll do position preview the running back position. Well, of course, the biggest hole potentially to fill for TCU. If you want to say Max Duggan to Chandler Morris is a big gap, then the gap between Condre Miller and the key returners, that is a chasm as large as the Grand Canyon in many people's minds. So Condre Miller last year, he averaged 6.2 yards per carry, which was one of the best in the country. He ran for almost 1,400 yards, 1,399, 17 touchdowns, and uh, had one of the best seasons of all time. He scored a touchdown in every game except for, trivia question, he scored a touchdown in every game except for, I'll take your answers now, the Fiesta Bowl, where he left with a knee injury, and he ran over for 100 yards versus seven teams, those teams being SMU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Virginia, or what I should say West Virginia, uh, Texas Tech, and, of course, the University of Texas. The eyes were upon Contra Miller, they weren't watching him in the backfield. They were, they were watching him run into the end zone. So key returners with Miller now going into the NFL draft and uh, potentially taking over Alvin Kamara's job in New Orleans. Key returners, Trent Battle, okay, the redshirt sophomore, six foot one, and Emmanuel Bailey, the junior at five foot nine, 200 pounds. Key newcomers, and this is where things get interesting, Trey Sanders, who's an Alabama transfer. He's going to be a senior, six foot, 214 pounds. And then Cameron Cook, he was a freshman. Now, Sanders, he had a serious car crash in November of 2020, so that was three seasons ago, and since then has not been able to crack the running back rotation at Alabama. Now, you have to be living under a rock not to understand what that means. Alabama is essentially the number one supplier of NFL running backs to the league. If Cook couldn't break in, a correction, if Sanders could not break in, to that running back rotation, that's not really uh, a knock on Sanders, in my opinion. That's more of a Alabama has a uh, overflowing of riches in the running back room. They seem to get the best running back in the country every single year. And if they don't get the number one 24-7 or rivals recruit at running back, by the time they go into the league, they're one of the best. Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, two prime examples, right? So to not be able to crack the rotation after having a serious, almost life-threatening car crash in 2020, just three years ago, that does not come to a surprise to me. The difference to me is this, is that when you look at the rest of the talent on this roster, when you look at how unproven uh, Emmanuel Bailey, who looks to be running back one on the depth chart as we get closer to uh, first game kickoff of the season, it looks like he will be the number one on the depth chart. Uh, Trey Sanders looks to be the number two on the depth chart. The difference between Miller and those guys is a lot right now on paper. 
Because what you can go off of is you can go off of what Miller did last year and then what these guys have proven so far in their careers. And so far in these guys' careers, haven't done a whole lot. Have not done a whole lot to, uh, you know, breed confidence. All that being said, I'm going with the same thought process that I gave you last week on Max Duggan. Where before the season, not a ton of people were talking about Condre Miller as the best running back in the Big 12. Not a lot of people were talking about him being the best running back at TCU since LT. Okay? Which I think would not be a overstatement. I think that he had one of the best seasons since Lindamian Tomlinson. So, I look at it this way. I say to myself, Trey Sanders, as a senior, he's trying to prove in that final year of eligibility, or his final his senior season, I should say, he's trying to prove that he can be a NFL quality running back. Can he do it? Time will tell, right? And then, of course, Emmanuel Bailey, who comes in as a junior playing backup to Miller last year, he looks at the offense and he says to himself, well, the reason that TCU was so good last year large part because of Max Duggan, but I would say a fair share, maybe 60-40 even, Country Miller. So the running back position in the TCU offense last year with Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes as the head coach was a linchpin to them winning games. A linchpin to them winning games, to getting to the college football playoffs and winning a playoff game was their running game. Max Duggan did a good job. He was a running quarterback, mobile quarterback, all that good stuff. Miller was the engine of that offense. You remove the engine, the offense is going to be worse. On paper. Because I think that Sanders is going to come in and have another good season. Or I should say a good season, not another good season. An unproven player cannot have another good season. I think he will come in and have a good season for the Horned Frogs this year. And I think by week three... uh, Emmanuel Bailey will be the backup running back. And that's fine. I don't think that there's a there doesn't need to be, unlike the quarterback position, where you have to have one guy. I think you can have a rotation of dudes coming in. And I hope that all of them have good seasons. I would love to see Cameron Cook do something this year. A freshman, I would love to see him have a, a solid season for TCU. I just don't know if that is a realistic possibility at this point. Um, so my take is this. If the TCU running back room last year was an A+, I give them a B-plus coming into this season with room to improve. I think that that is very fair. All right, let's move on. Three-star offensive lineman uh, Wesley Harvey. He signs with TCU last week. The six foot eight, two 260-pound pound offensive lineman from Muskegee, Oklahoma, becomes the 14th member of the 2024 class, as well as the fourth offensive lineman in the recruiting class. This should give you a peek behind the curtain of what Sonny Dykes is trying to build, right? We talk about the running back room. We say how important it is. We talk about that being the offensive uh, juggernaut that they are. Kendall Bryles will have a different offense than Garrett Riley. Kendall Bryles will have an offense that I think will be probably more predicated on the pass than the run, but you have to have the run in the Big 12. It's the way across college football. The NFL, you can get away with it. You can get away with not having a running back. You can get away with not paying a running back. In college football, I do think that a staple in every offense, doesn't matter if it's Air Raid, doesn't matter if it's Mike Leach, Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, Nick Saban, who, whatever offense you want to run, you're going to have to have a good running back or at least a, a serviceable one. And having a good offensive lineman is going to play a big part. Because, I look, I, I read as the same things that you guys read. I read the same things. I watch the same things. I might listen to a couple more podcasts, listen to a couple more uh, radio hosts than you guys do. But I'm telling you this. 
the conversation around Miller last year coming into the NFL draft was, damn, how good that offensive line is. Two NFL players on that offensive line end up going into the league this past year. You're looking to revamp that. And maybe this season the offensive line isn't as good. Maybe they do take a step back. You know, you lose two NFL quality prospects. Maybe the offensive line this year is a little bit more shaky. But you go get a guy who is a six foot eight, two hundred and sixty five pound junior, going to be a senior this year, and uh, you got to feel pretty confident that that kid. Not only is he not done growing, you get a six foot nine, two seventy five left tackle. I'm not saying you have an all Big Twelve player on your hands. I'm not trying to tell you to get super excited for a seventeen year old. I'm just saying that when TCU recruiting rankings come out and you got a bunch of guys who are a bunch of different teams, I should say, who are recruiting guys who are, oh, this six foot one wide receiver and this uh, six foot two uh, safety, right? Like that, that's very cool. That's great. But give me my six foot eight, 265 pound offensive lineman as a member of my recruiting class. I get more excited for the big guys in the trenches. Than I do for a secondary player. Let's just put it that way. Finally, we're going to wrap it up on this. Chandler Morris, who I've been saying you should feel confident in. As a TCU fan, you should be very confident in Chandler Morris. He had one of the best opening weeks in TCU football history as a starter. He got hurt. Max Duggan took over. The rest is history. He comes in as a watch list winner or watch list for the Maxwell Award which is presented annually annually to an outstanding player in college football. So Heisman Trophy is like the number one award. That is the award that everybody wants to win. That's the award that everybody watches. The Maxwell is a similar award in that same vein. It goes to an outstanding player. It could go to an offensive player, defensive player, however. The Maxwell is a very prestigious award. TCU's David O'Brien won the 1938 Maxwell Award. Max Duggan was a semifinalist last year. I believe that Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at USC, was the eventual winner. Now, the real question is this. If you win the Maxwell, you're almost guaranteed to win the Heisman Trophy. I think it's only been a handful of times in the past couple of years where the winner of the Maxwell did not win the Heisman Trophy. So if you put Chandler Morris on the Maxwell Award watch list, now, granted, there is a bunch of names on that list. It's the preseason. They have a ton of names on that list. If you put him on that list, do you then think that he's a, a a Heisman Trophy contender? Because I think that a lot of people would not put him in that category. In fact, I love Dave Campbell's Texas football. I think it's one of the best uh, magazines there is in America when it comes to football. I, I love the magazine. I think they do an excellent job. This is not to slander them. But they had Frank Harris as the number one quarterback in the state of Texas. Ahead of Quinn Ewers, ahead of Chandler Morris, ahead of a bunch of guys. Texas, a great quarterback state. The NFL proves it. There's tons of dudes in the league who are from the state of Texas. Okay, I say this. If Chandler Morris has a similar season to Max Duggan had last year, TCU will be playing for a Big 12 championship. Now, that's not to say they're going to play for a college football playoff spot. Because I, I think that the Big 12, as competitive as it is this year, as weird as it is with the, the mixing and the matching and, and BYU and Houston and, and those teams coming in and OU and Texas going out, I think that there is a real possibility that you're looking at a conference champion who might be 9-3. and three. 
right? And I think 9-3, and three, you're not going to be getting into the college football playoffs. The way that it is designed currently, until it expands, 9-3 and three is not a good enough resume to get you in. The way that the SEC looks, the Big Ten looks, the way the ACC looks with Clemson and Florida State, I just don't know a 9-3 and three champion out of the Big 12. As much as I love our conference, I don't know if that's enough to get the job done. But if Morris wins the Big 12 at 9-3 and three and has the type of season that Duggan had last year, where TCU surprises a bunch of teams, comes from behind, and he is the reason that they are winning these games, it's not the running back room, it's not the wide receivers, it's not the tight end, it's not the good defense, it's him winning these games, and he wins the Maxwell, then I think he's going to win the Heisman Trophy as well. All right, so next week, we will be talking wide receivers and tight ends. Do a preview of those two rooms. I can tell you right now that uh, I am was very high on the TCU wide receivers coming into this year's NFL draft. I am still very high on those receivers going into this uh, NFL season. I think Quinn Johnson has a chance to be the number one receiver in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. Justin Herbert is the guy throwing him the pigskin. As much as I love Max Duggan, uh, I don't think that we're going to see Duggan getting a ton of playing time. Uh, Herbert is a great quarterback. Quinn Johnson is going to potentially have a dark horse chance. I want to make sure we preface this, right? I'm not telling you to gamble. I'm not telling you to do any of that stuff. But I'm just saying that, like, B.J. Robinson in uh, – Bajan Robinson, I should say, in, in Atlanta has all the hype in the world. He is clearly the preseason favorite to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Chargers go to the playoffs. Quinn Johnson is the number one receiver. I'm not saying – I'm just saying if you're a TCU fan, you're keeping an eye on things – you might want to pick them up in fantasy. I think that that's going to be where it is. What does that mean for this year's wide receivers for TCU, though? I'm not entirely sure, right? I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. We'll talk about it next week. That's going to do it for the Hypnotoad podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. Remember, win a free Harlan College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Send it to Pete Mundo, Pete, M-U-N-D-O, at HarlanCollegeSports.com. That's Pete Mundo at HarlanCollegeSports.com. When you send a screenshot of your review on Apple Podcasts. Also, subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get it. You help us build a uh, solid backing. We're one of the fastest growing podcasts on the network, and uh, that is because of you. Well, we will be back next week. And uh, until then, try to stay cool out there, man. It is hot. And uh, one more week closer to TCU football. I'll talk to you next week.